Operation Move podcast. My name is Zoe and I'm here with Kate. Hi. <laughs> as good as I've got today. I just went for a walk, bucketing rain and it was cold and I'm not happy with spring. And I will not tell you what kind of a day it is here, but let's just say it's the opposite of that. No, don't. I'm, I'm really, I'm very disappointed. I'd like a refund. Although, do you want to hear the call of the day? This is very cute. I was driving um, my little two to school and Sarah, who is five, is going on an excursion tomorrow to the Botanical Gardens. And the forecast came on and they said possible showers. And she said to me, what does possible showers mean? And I said, well, it means it's possible. It might happen that there will be some light showers. And she's worried about missing her excursion. And so we're driving along and the bucketing room about two minutes later she goes I think today is full of impossible showers <laughs> so cute that's so cute, cute. <laughs> yeah you've, you've called it <laughs> oh, oh kids they're so awesome aren't they sometimes they are and we have another um we've got a question today from Tanya who I ran the half marathon with um down in Lismore on the weekend and she wanted to know where do you cross over from you know having things that you need not necessarily that you need for running but that are useful for running like you know uh, watches and apps and heart rate monitors and that kind of stuff and where does it go too far into over analysis and um, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to talk about especially because I had such a great run and I used my heart rate monitor to kind of um, keep what I knew was going to be a comfortable pace for me yeah that is a fantastic question and especially because I think for people who are starting out it can feel really overwhelming like first up obviously you're thinking about shoes and bras and stuff like that but then to also have the addition of I get a heart rate monitor will I get a GPS watch what brand do you like things like that it can feel like there's a whole lot going on and a whole lot of it is really nice to have but not actually necessary especially when you're starting out no, I mean, when I started out, I used, I think, um, RunKeeper and RunMeter just so that I could set the walk-run intervals. And I think one of the hard things when people go from an app like that to a watch is oftentimes, let's just say the app is a little bit generous on the distance because it's not 100%, it's not as accurate in terms of GPS. So sometimes people go from RunKeeper and then they go to the watch and then they get a little bit disappointed because you're not quite as fast as what you thought you were. So that's something to be prepared for. But really, None of it is, for me, I think it stops being useful when it takes away from your experience and doesn't add to it. You know, like you've got, you've got like lots of things like Strava and they've got lots of challenges and that's really motivating for some people, but for other people, I find it too intimidating and competitive, so it's not a good idea. Mm. I think some people, not talking about myself at all, can be really prone to over-worrying and over-analyzing some of the data as well. Like it's lovely when you are kind of starting out and building up and you've got these PBs quite often coming up as you your pace improves and you're, you're going to run longer and stuff. But after you've been running for a while, that you know naturally will kind of 
show. And at that point, if you're spending all your energy looking at, you know, analyzing data and going, oh, I should have done this at this pace and on that run I could do this and on this run I can't, you can just take away from the, the joy of the experience. Yeah, I mean, I think any person should always have, even no matter how long you've been running for, for should always have sort of what I would call free runs where you're not running to a pace, you just run however you feel. And that might be really fast. Like you might feel like you want to run fast on that day or you might feel like you want to run really slow and just ignore whatever your running coach has on your plan for that day. And I said it's okay, so you can. And um, and just run how you feel because that's sort of, you know, like why you do a lot of, that training is for that run it's not the the sort of you're not training to run more intervals or mm. training to run a better tempo like there I think there are elements of it that are useful and for somebody like me who is a stats person I kind of I think it all depends on how you look at it like I like to look at it from the point of view of I want to maximize if I'm going to be putting all of this effort into running I want to maximize what I get out of it so I want to make sure that when I'm running easy I'm in the right heart rate zone so that I'm getting the most out of my aerobic system and when I'm running hard that I'm running hard enough that I'm going to benefit my high intensity system and all of that kind of stuff but I don't like looking at pace on those runs is the is a quick way to feel really bad about yourself because it's not about um while you might think of some you know easy runs as being slow and high intensity runs as being fast is actually not based on your your pace it's based on your effort so for me having something like a heart rate monitor takes away that kind of thing of am I going too slow or am I going too fast I just kind of look am I in the heart rate zone and yeah it's an it's it's a guesstimate you know it's not a perfect measure but it is not necessarily indicative of effort so what I mean by that is your heart rate can spike because it's hot because you got a shock because a truck just drove past you or because you are fatigued or because um, you've had an emotionally tough time while I sort of take it on on board it's sort of like part of what I look at so you know like if I'm looking at heart rate on a run like say I'm on a tempo ish run where I'm supposed to say in zone four and I start pushing up into zone five if I still feel okay I'll just keep running but if it's starting to feel like really hard then I will probably back off until I go into zone four so it's kind of a a fluid uh, a fluid process but you would have the opposite people of me who actually find that heart rate stuff really stressful Mm. looking at data can tell you a lot about um, your building aerobic capacity and your improving pace and your increasing distance but the thing it can't tell you is how how you felt on a particular run looking back as well and I feel like that's that can be something that can get lost when you do get a bit um intensely engaged with with the straight data so you might look at you know three runs and go oh look this is where my pace was this is where this was better this was worse but you're not looking at that thinking oh and on that day it was beautiful and sunny and I felt amazing and I was really peaceful and joyous and on that one I was miserable and grumpy like it doesn't give you that kind of feedback and I think for all of us we need to find the balance between 
the data when we're trying to improve and using that to help us improve, but also, you know, kind of paying homage to the fact that for most of us, we run because we love it. We need to hold on to that side of things as well. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it can help with, um, like, we've got a whole bunch of new people starting Learn to Run on Monday, which is very exciting, and... I think one of the biggest things that people run into is that this this kind of notion of decision fatigue. So they've done all of these um, sort of studies on it. And basically, if you think about it, you've got like, when you wake up in the morning, you've got like 100 decision points. If you have to decide what you're going to have for breakfast, that's five points. If you've got to decide what to wear, that's five more points. If you've got to decide whether you are going to make your kids lunch or get them something from the canteen, that's five more points. And at a certain point, you're going to run out of points and you are going to lose the ability to make the decisions that you would normally make, which is why people usually do best by running early in the morning before they've run out of all of their decision points. And so it literally sort of erodes. So you see people like say for example you know like people kind of make fun of like Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs when he was alive because they always wore the same thing and that's why because that is an unnecessary decision that they don't need to make so you know with running a lot of like that habit creation is about getting rid of decisions that you don't need to make and for me one of the good things about say like an app with um that tells you when to run and when to walk is then that's taking that decision out of your hands and you're just following instructions and makes it a lot easier. I really like that analogy a lot. So I know at the moment I get to the end of the day and I've run out of decision points at like one in the afternoon. So dinner, <laughs> if I haven't planned it in the morning, is not happening. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's like why when, when I'm sort of like focusing on nutrition – um, and what I'm eating, I pretty much always have the same thing every day because it's something I don't need to think about. If I have to think about it, I'll go, oh, maybe I'll have that or maybe I'll have that. If I just go, right, you know, um, green protein smoothie for breakfast and then I have my coffee and then my snack is this set thing and then this is what I'm having for lunch, then I'm much more likely to just go along and do that and they're, they're all decisions that I don't need need to make. So I think that for uh, technology type things that can alleviate some of um, either like the performance anxiety associated with a run or some of the decisions you have to make or anything like that is going to be helpful. But as soon as it starts tipping over into the point where it is taking away from your enjoyment of the run, then I would say it's, it's gone way way too far because most people you know like it's not going to be a a pb run that is going to be the sort of like the pinnacle thing that best describes their running experience it's going to be some random run like maybe on a thursday morning where the sun's out and they feel amazing i think having immediate access to that kind of biofeedback during your run 
valuable on heaps of levels. Like you were saying, it, it can eliminate that um, decision-making process because you can access that information as you're going and adjust yourself accordingly. But also at times when you are under a lot of external stress or maybe you're coming down with something or maybe you're pregnant or, you know, you've got other things going on physically and emotionally, all of that stuff's going to affect your heart rate as well. I think it can be great to have that information so you can really gauge, like you might not feel like you're having a fantastic run whatever reason you can look at it and go oh actually do you know there is something else going on with me right now my body's telling me that I'm going to listen to my body and recover quicker yeah and if you have somebody who like myself who is prone to you know like pushing through which I'm getting a lot better at you know taking extra days off when I need them now but one of the things that I can do is uh, look at my resting heart rate overnight and I know that if my resting heart rate is you know like around 60 then I need more recovery and more rest time and you know and then I know that if it's down around 30 or 40 then I'm in a really good spot with my training and that's kind of fairly objective stuff that's going on where I can and it might not necessarily be like too much training it might just be that I have other stresses going on in my life or emotionally I'm not feeling great but all of those things are still reasons why I could use extra rest time in my training you know Mm. like sometimes it's really cathartic to have a, a good run when you're you're feeling emotional but sometimes it's also just as good to you know tuck up with the with the doona and maybe watch chef's table on netflix particularly if you're dealing with you know high stress or perhaps you suffer from anxiety which i do and is very unpleasant um you can't it as much as it's you can't outrun or outwalk an anxiety attack either like if you're going into a run or a walk at that level of heightened intensity emotionally it actually it's not having and i'm saying this from personal experience it's not actually an easy thing like if you're already on the verge of hyperventilating that is not the thing you need to do at that time and your watch will tell you that very quickly as it did to me earlier this week and you know there's a reason that you know your heart's racing like that you need to go and cocoon up and rest and get through whatever you need to get through yeah and Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, sometimes there are some of us who like to think we are superwoman and can get through all things without, you know, and I'm going to go out and do that walk anyway, it's going to be fine. And for me this week, you know, I looked at my watch, my heart rate was through the roof. I'm like, this is not benefiting me. This is not benefiting me, my, my baby. I'm going to go home. I mean, it's a bit sad that it took that external driver for me to I'm glad I had it because I tried to push through thinking it was going to get better. Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, I think a good thing to have if you are using um, feedback like that, to have an understanding of its strengths and its weaknesses because a lot of people will kind of, you know, like they might be looking at a run and say, why is my heart rate doing this? And if you have an understanding that it's imperfect, you know, most of the, like 99% of the time it's pretty accurate, but it could spike for no reason and if that kind of spike is the kind of thing that is going to stress you out then maybe it's not a good feedback feedback mechanism for you and also like people myself included like we like to think that progress is this beautiful linear straight line and it's not 
So, you know, like people might start something like low heart rate training or something like that and then be and there's going to be ups and downs in that and you've got to sort of train yourself to look for trends, not, you know, an improvement every single time you go out because that's not realistic. You've got, uh, you know, you've got what you're eating and you've got, you know, how much sleep you got and you've got like how much your five-year-old yelled at you the day before, you know, like, which, you know, not from, not that that's been happening to me this week at all. But, um, <laughs> but you know, there are just so many variables there that you want to look at the trends. And, you know, like if you go through sort of a period like I've gone through where this year in particular, I've felt like I've just been getting like slower and slower and slower, which is not really like the, the actual pace doesn't bother me, but I look at it and they, there is something not right. You know, there is something that is out of balance here and, I've, and I'm not exactly sure what it is. And so I try a bunch of things. So, you know, like uh, I think probably the first thing I tried was I just did a whole lot of really low intensity running because I thought that maybe, you know, my base fitness had been eroded. And then I, you know, I tried some other things as well uh tried adjusting the training and then uh more recently I've come down to the nutrition side of things which feels more and more like what it was all along but I think if you approach it not from a point of view of you know sort of like judging yourself or being negative about yourself or you know having a negative viewpoint of what's happening and just look at it from a point of genuine curiosity then I think you're in good shape to kind of use that information. Mm, it's fascinating how much we can glean from our fancy pants watches. One of the things that I find interesting I only look at it once a week because I know it's not actually very helpful data for me but I look at my sleep patterns I probably you know once a week once a fortnight I sit down and look at the app and because if I looked at that every day I would be so depressed <laughs> I don't need my app to tell me that I have yeah or that my son woke up three times on a particular night I am fully aware of that but it's interesting to see the trends on the unbroken nights as to you know how light my sleep is and things like that and I think that kind of data is good to look at you know kind of from a step back and over time as a comparative thing rather than analyzing it really closely and going oh geez I had a crap night last night because you're not going to feel good with that information. No and I mean I kind of you know take a lot of it with you know, like I have a bit of a sense of humour about it. Like I have, I could switch it off, but I have the activity tracking on mm. my watch and I don't always, I don't wear the watch all all the time, mainly because, you know, like if I'm going to CrossFit and using um, weights and stuff, it kind of gets in the way. So I'm more likely to take it off than leave it on. And then, you know, once I've done something, I'm unlikely to put it, put it back on. Um, but, I've got it switched on, so if I am sedentary for an hour, it will beep at me to move, and it does that even if I've just run a marathon. <laughs> like it doesn't care at all, and every time, like I have a really big day like that, it ups my required step count because it likes to sort of challenge me with the steps. And so, you know, I. I and I kind of leave it on just because I find it amusing more than anything. Like I could switch it off, but I don't because I think it's funny. Mm. See, I've got mine on too because since I've been 
not running and because I'm the kind of person I am, I'm interested in my step count. Like I, I challenge myself with that every day now. Like I've set mine, instead of having it set to automatically change based on my activity because my activity is all over the place, I've 10,000 and that's my 100% and most days you know I'm sitting around 15,000 depending on how far I've walked during the day like if I've gone for a long walk um, or if I'm just around home but so for me that's my challenge because I'm not able to follow a running training plan at the moment that like if I get to you know if I make thousand steps at five in the afternoon then I'll go for a walk or I'll be more active so see like it's one of those things that it's a bit of a double-edged sword that kind of um, activity tracking I think and for me it's very positive at the moment but in times when I am running, it's not such a positive thing. And the other thing I find interesting but actually not valuable is stuff like uh, calorie burn. Because that's burn. when yeah, when you're running, that's not actually information that's going to benefit your running. Um, and I don't, you know, I I don't mean, even I don't even believe it. You know, like no. it, it said, I think that on the half that I did on the weekend it reckoned that I burnt 1,400 calories doing that. I don't think I did. You know, I've been running for a long time. My estimation would be that my body is far more efficient at running with using not that much energy now. I didn't have any fuel on the run. Like I had uh, I had water and I had, um, you know, when I finished, I had a chai latte with leone which was very yummy and then I went and met the kids and I had you know a uh I had some I broke out of my grains thing and I had some sushi like I think that after that I need to eat regularly and eat often to repair all of the to give my body the fuel to you know like repair muscles and recover and all of that kind of stuff but I don't think I actually burnt 1400 calories if I burnt 1400 calories I would even, aside from, you know, like water and everything, I would get home and I would hop back um, on the scale and I would have lost like, you know, like maybe 0.2 kilos or something. Mm. There is no way I'm losing (laughs) 200 grams every time I run 20Ks. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And, I mean, I guess the main thing to bear in mind is I would assume that most of our people are not running to burn calories anyway. That's not their driving force. And personally, I feel like if that is your driving force, I wonder how long that can sustain you. I really do. If you're not running for the joy of it or because you want to challenge yourself or you want to reach targets, or, you know, or just because you love to go for a run, if your sole reason for running is calorie burn, I don't I – don't, I mean, I I, I, maybe it is a long-term prospect, but not I me. started off with thinking, you know, like as somebody who's relatively scientifically minded, I kind of initially had bought into that whole kind of calorie in, calorie out thing of weight loss. And when I had extra weight after having Piper, I thought, okay, I need to burn calories because that's what you do when you need to lose weight. And I looked at it. And I, so I either did the, from my, from when I looked at it, running or step ups were essentially the biggest calorie burners that I sort of had access to, you know, like I could go to the 24 hour gym or go for a run or use the steps at the back of my house. Um, you know, I think probably also if you did like a, you know, like one of those high intensity classes, like a boxing class or something that was also Mm. right up there, but I didn't really have access to that. So I started for 
that reason um, but it didn't last very long very soon I was running because I enjoyed to run and I enjoyed the process of uh, of getting better and I enjoyed the process of progress and so it, I moved away from that very quickly and since then it's such a dangerous thing to get into because what will happen is if you're running for calorie burn um, and you're not um, doing other things to boost your metabolism like you would have in, in, in cross training with like resistance training of some kind your base metabolic rate is just going to get lower and lower and lower and you're going to have to run more and more to have any kind of weight loss because your metabolism is so low and mm. you know and then eventually you are going to you the amount of calories is not going to be enough to sustain you and you're going to you, you know the whole thing's going to fall apart which is usually where people get into sort of um, have a bit of a binge and then feel like they've failed at their their program or whatever it is when in fact it, it the whole thing that they've been doing is just really counter to to what their goals are so now my if I have a focus on I would like to which I do at the moment I would like to sort of be a little bit leaner in my in my weight for you know doing the things that I enjoy and everything like that the absolute best thing that I can do is you know interval training and heavy weights and you know like if you looked up calorie burn for heavy weights it's like nothing you know like it's it it, but it creates the sort of like the calorie it it burns more calories for a lot longer it boosts your metabolism it builds muscle the muscles use more calories and so you in you like a constant kind of like fat burning machine so I think that that whole kind of thing of like sometimes people who are sort of new to running might look at the calories on on somebody's watch and go oh that's so amazing you know you will be losing so much weight but it's not actually how it works and you have to eat so much to sort of you know like fuel the engine and then repair the engine that you're not getting a whole huge uh, benefit purely in terms of weight loss for that kind of thing anyway. Mm. You've reminded me I keep having this ad pop up in my Facebook feed that makes me a little annoyed actually and it's um, and it says something like, you know, learn to run properly for weight loss. Well, you know, like that real implication that they are the way that you can run and lose lose weight. And it irritates me, having not clicked through, I will admit, I mean, maybe it does, what I hope it does, because the only way I can see that being valid is if you click through and it includes the fact that in any aspect of fat loss, 80% of it is nutrition-based. You can run intervals you can lift heavy you can do all that stuff if you're not feeding body appropriately fat loss is not going to happen there's no magic bullet here we can't say hey you're going to run and lose weight because you might not you might but you might not we can't say go to the gym you'll lose weight you might not you know it's not as straightforward as that yeah i've clicked through they don't do that it's very annoying (laughs) no so it's just so it's just a crappy ad yeah, it's just it's just. Um, I find that really quite offensive because it's, it's really just, appealing to people who don't know better. It's just hard running, and it is, is what it is. And so, not only for for people who haven't 
been exposed to running before it's a fast track to injury because it's extremely high impact when your body has not developed mm. all of the um, muscles and conditioning to cope with the high impact and it doesn't have a kind of a, doesn't have uh, at least one I mean there are probably more than one but um, it doesn't have a nutritional component and it doesn't have a strength component so well, that's really upsetting that makes me very cranky because you'll end up with a whole lot of people who do that hurt themselves and go oh, no, I hate running running's terrible running's the worst thing that's yeah I mean, really that's, that's annoying that's the best feedback that um, every now and then I get uh, somebody who's done sort of or attempted to do uh, couch to 5k in learn to run and they'll say I love this I love the the variety I actually am looking forward to my runs now whereas before I always really dreaded them and that's the best possible outcome I could have because I think that all of the great stuff happens is when people love what they were doing they are doing and then everything else follows after that mm, I think probably that's the key difference us and a lot of other um, businesses really is we're not we're not talking. We're not here to talk about fat loss or body shape or anything rubbish like that. We're here to talk about changing your life and loving doing something different and finding out you can do something you didn't know you can do and loving yourself better. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 just a completely um, completely different approach. And similarly, where I see, you know, sometimes they have programs that marry sort of like a, a diet program with a uh, quote learn to run program. And they have people on the, and you see like the amount of calories are on like twelve hundred calories or something, mm. and no one is going to enjoy a run on twelve hundred calories, you know, because you're not fueling the engine. You're certainly not going to enjoy it when you are eating kind of uh, low low carb because you're going to feel like you you're dragging yourself through quicksand the whole mm. time, and nobody's going to actually learn to love it and all of the focus is on it's just a numbers game you know whereas I want people to you know sort of go outside or go to the gym and have fun I don't care about the the numbers because I just believe too even if your goal is weight loss or fat loss or whatever it is I believe that once you love running, then it's a lot easier to change other aspects of your life. So, you know, like I quit smoking because it was interfering with my running, <laughs> mm. you know, and you start going, okay, I have to fuel myself better for these runs and it just takes on a different focus and I just think it's a lot easier to maintain than when you have um, this kind of really arbitrary goal and what happens when you get there. Yeah, it's there's so much to take into account and I, I do find that kind of thing really upsetting. I, I guess I find it upsetting because I'm someone who has been so easily sucked into that yeah. in the past as well and thinking that the goal should always be an aesthetic and it and the older I get, the more I realise that that is the stupidest thing and God help me, I hope my children aren't thinking that way and it's you know hard to avoid because we live in the era we live in but they're not going to see it at my house. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I think that I think that it's really, um, it's just really easy to get sucked down the the rabbit hole of of that kind of thing, and you know, like 
to what Tanya was talking about, I see the same thing in Strava. Like sometimes people follow people who are a lot faster than them or whatever it is and they then kind of look at what they're doing in a different context, which can be a really quite toxic thing, Mm. you know, because you want to be... And sometimes I think that that's the best thing about um, having a coach is that they're able to put what you're doing in a context that supports your development and your growth rather than, you know, something that's going to make you feel bad about yourself. Like I follow some of these real speedsters on Strava, which I love because I find it helps me to really relax about my pace because I'm never going to be that fast. It's kind of like, it's sort of, I I guess it's a bit counterintuitive, but I see these guys running these, you know, like amazing times. And then for me, the difference if I'm running at, you know, six minute pace or five minute pace, it kind of like, it doesn't really matter that much, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And, you know, and I'm still, you know, like they still sort of like comment on my stuff and they say things like, oh, that's a, that's a really beautiful photo. And I'm like, yeah, I have time to take them. (laughs) (laughs) I think the competitive urge can work for you in some ways and work against you in others. And, and like everything, like I say, every single week, a lot of it is is about knowing yourself well enough to know what's going to drive you forward and what is going to hold you back. And, And it's the same with everything data related. Like I think the very short answer to Tanya's question is if, um, having access to information is making you unhappy, then you have access to too much information and maybe you need to think about what you need and what's valuable to you if you have specific goals and things. Remove the parts that are making you not feel good about yourself. Yeah, and I think the other thing that can happen too sometimes is that if people have been using, you know, like a heart rate monitor or a watch or something or they've been using like an, some kind of some kind of training plan or whatever it is, and they haven't gotten the outcome that they wanted. It can then sort of make them feel like it. It just all makes them feel really bad about themselves, you know. Like particularly when you know you have these sort of pace-based apps that say if you run these intervals at this pace and this tempo at this pace and this long run at this pace you will be able to run, you know, a two-hour half marathon or whatever it is. And then mm. that doesn't happen, then, you know, it, that, that's a lot of sort of like negative feedback that you get. And, you know, I think that sometimes it's, you know, it's also about um, how you, you know, if you've been using the, the data in a way that's not useful maybe it's not that you know you don't need a training plan or you don't want to use um, a, a watch but you just need better guidance on how to use it so it supports your journey yeah i think having access to that kind of technological biofeedback is a bit of a double-edged sword and it can be a really positive thing when it's used to help you achieve more and help you feel good about yourself but nothing can ever how you feel in your body and in your mind at the end of the run that's the main thing you want to listen to if you finish a run and you think that was amazing then put aside the data and just take that with you that was amazing think about why it was amazing and then that's part of why like i like having instagram's kind of like my training diary because there's so much that 
and you know usually like whatever the time was that's part of it you know that's 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 a part of what I record but it that for me Mm. is also a record of how I felt what the sky looked like all of those other important things about that run so that when I get like my time hop from you know like this time last year I'm not just seeing you know like stuff on Strava of like I posted this run or I did this workout I'm seeing stuff about this is the picture I took that day and this is how I was feeling and this is what I did and so for me that sort of training diary whether you do that online like I do or in a book form or whatever can be great in terms of you know giving you a lot more information than just the time so when I look back on things it might you know I'll be getting into the area where it's it's so hot so humid Mm. and so gross um but there's a lot more information than just like the the pure raw uh, numbers and you got to remember that they're all real estimations like just because your heart rate says zone four that's an estimation of where your threshold is like without hooking you up to you know a whole bunch of machines in a lab no one is going to be able to tell you where your threshold is based on your heart rate it's an estimate so you've no. got to kind of if you're using the heart rate you want to use the heart rate and have it help inform you but also use how you're feeling about your own effort level and sort of use it use them in uh, tandem as it's useful for you to do so but keep in mind that everything that your watch does in terms of like both measuring distance measuring heart rate measuring cadence all of that stuff it's a guess Mm. And in the context of your whole life, when you look back on your running journey, you're not going to look back and go, oh, I remember that day where I went for that night and my pace was 6 minutes 15 and my heart rate was this. You're going to remember, oh, that was this day I ran along a beach and it was beautiful and it was sunrise and I had one of those real, you know, God, gift from God moments that you, you do carry with you all your life. So, you know, contextually it has its place, but, you know, let's keep things in perspective as well. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. I think we actually covered that pretty well. (laughs) So, yes, we've got Learn to Run starting on Monday. If you'd like to join us, you can use the code podcast at checkout and get 10% off because we love our listeners. And Excellent time to start. Well, spring. So, so, I mean, I'm not saying that, but it is. It's, It's great here today. So, you know. It's terrible here, but I'm still going to say it's a great time to start because by next week, I am hoping it's going to be nice. (laughs) So that is starting on Monday, so you can get on on board with that and you can um, always pop into the the community group if you have any questions or if you'd just like to say hi and give us a rating or a review on iTunes because we're real podcasters who ask that kind of thing. Yes, every week we do that as of like now, last week. (laughs) So I may not be talking to you next week because I'm going to be away with my sister and seven children and it's going to be interesting. Wow, that's so many children. (laughs) So many, seven and a half really if we're going to be specific about it. I am just hoping that the weather is better because we're staying right on the beach and if it's terrible weather it may not be much of a holiday. (laughs) So... I will probably do another um, another Q&A 
episode next week so uh, you can uh, send me all of your questions at zoe at operationmove.com.au or just uh, contact me through the website because there's a contact form there which makes it easy because sometimes people forget that there's a Y in Zoe and then the email doesn't come to me um, so um, so yeah we'll do that next week and then there's still more school holidays there after that holidays. so we'll just yeah. see what happens we will just find a way through <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you then bye bye